Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. There it is. We have a World Series. We have a World Series. Who would have thought? Diamondbacks, come, come back from that deficit they had, come back from losing those first two games, coming back from that blowout in game two, and win the World Series. There you go. Congratulations to the fighting Lavellos. Congratulations to friend of the program, Mike Hazen. And congratulations to the Phillies, friend of the program, family member, Matt Strom, and some of the great guys there. Great run. I honestly... Being around that team, I thought that that was the team of destiny. That was a team that was going to go all the way. Felt like all the pieces were there, the vibe was there, the talent was there. But you know, you just sometimes you just hit the wrong thing at the wrong time. And in this case, the wrong thing was the Diamondbacks, and the momentum, and the execution that they had. So there you go. Now we move on to the World Series, and boots in the ground, baseballs and boring is going to be there. Yep. Down in Texas, in the Rangers, we're going to have all the good stuff, all the good stuff. And, you know, and how can, how can a guy like Mike Hazen not return to the Baseball's Isn't Boring podcast after doing the podcast before the last series and then winning the series? It's science. All right, well, speaking of science, this would suggest that we are entertaining, we are insightful, we are informative. It starts with the great game of baseball. It doesn't matter about the World Series. It doesn't matter about uh, whatever it might be. There is so much going on and so much to talk to, talk about. It's amazing. For instance, as the Game 7 is going on in the NLCS, the Red Sox, we learn, hire 
a president of baseball operations, chief baseball officer, whatever you want to call it, Craig Breslow. We are going to have a ton of stuff on Breslow. I've known him for a long time. Super smart guy, but you know, I know that people say super smart guy about a lot of people, but it's also being able to relate to people is another part of this equation. Being able to function and use your smarts, that's another part of the equation. So good for Craig Breslow, good for the Red Sox. Like you said, we're going to have more on Craig coming up shortly. All right. Like we said, there's so much to talk about. Well, another thing to talk about has nothing to do with Craig Breslow, has nothing to do with really the Phillies and Diamondbacks game. Maybe a little bit. Kevin Ploiecki is always a good guy to talk to. The catcher, longtime catcher. He played he played with the Rangers for like blink of an eye, but he played for the Rangers. So I wanted to talk to Kevin about that. But right out of the gate in this podcast with Kevin, we get to the crux of the matter. The controversy regarding the anthem of Philadelphia and who should stake claim to it. Who gave birth to that? Callum Scott, who is making all of that money for you? Who made all that money for you? This is a fact. Let's We get right to it in this podcast with Ploiecki. And then we finish the podcast with some super pointed comments, super pointed analysis about the strike zone. Jim Joyce... You know, we talked about it with him the other day. But with Ploiecki, we brought it up. Boy, he had an opinion. So it's a good one. It's just good, man. It's just all good. At BB isn't boring. Twitter account, Instagram account. At BB isn't boring. Producer Avid, I can't say enough good things about Producer Avid. Just doing an outstanding job. And also, pour one out for Pat. Pour one out for Pat. It was a good run. The $150,000 bet, that's how much he would have won if the Phillies won the entire World Series. Obviously, that's not happening now. But he's not going to stop Pat. He's moving on. He's moving on. All right. Here you go. Here's a good one. Here's Kevin Ploiecki. All right. There's nobody I'd rather have on right now than Kevin Ploiecki. There you go. With the uh, He's in hot weather. It's This is not long. So, Kevin, Tori Lovello told me this the other day. I thought it was so awesome. He said, "This is long sleeve. This is long sleeve baseball. You 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 strive for long sleeve baseball. Now, all the games are indoors except for Philadelphia, but still, you get that vibe. You've played in long sleeve baseball before. Yeah, no, there's nothing better than it. Honestly, I mean, either uh, it's the beginning of the season or it's the end of the season in the postseason. So, both are pretty uh, exciting times. Whether you're kicking off the year or you're finishing late in the year, so." Um, no, I couldn't agree more with that. And there's nothing, there's just something about, you know, that, that crisp air on an October night, um, you know, with baseball, uh, playoff baseball that, uh, it's a lot of fun. Well, so I, there's a lot I want to get to, you know, obviously you, you know, long, what it's like to play in long sleeve baseball. You know what it's like to, to catch pitchers in long sleeve baseball. You know, you know what you, you can watch the game with a unique perspective. You played for one of the teams in the world series and the Rangers, um, but you know, let's just get this out of the way. How much money did you make, Callum Scott? You're like, come on, like <laughs> <laughs> a lot, a lot, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. But I guess all the credit goes to the Phillies. I guess I don't know. So well, it's I not mean, here nor there. It's unbelievable. We're not gonna. We're, we won't do like an hour on this. But I just I want to give credit where credit's due. Okay. So 
Callum seems like a very have you met you've met Callum? I have. Seems like a very nice guy. And uh and then he's like, look at like basically he's like, look at all the look at all the money I made from this song. Thank you, Phillies. Yeah. Let's this just please, please, please. And again, like I'm not gonna belabor this too much, but this is this, we have to get this out of the way. If it was not for Kevin, what's your middle name? Jeffrey. Kevin Jeffrey Plowacki, none of this happens. Can we agree on that? I agree. And you can even go back to saying if it weren't for Andrew Benintendi showing me the song, who really showed me the song, that's when it really kind of came about. So, yeah, I mean, we'll go right to the root. So Benny gets a shout out as well. Uh, all right. So he, he gets he gets a piece of pie. I didn't, I didn't even know that, I don't think. And shame on me. So what? So Benintendi was sort of he when did he show you the song? So we were driving home from playing golf one day, me and Pilar and Benny and Mitch Moreland. We all lived together in 2020. And uh, we played this song coming home from golf. And Mitch was like, this song, it stinks, yada, yada. And we're like, no, it doesn't. And we all lived together. So we played this song nonstop. Um, and then we had an inter-squad game in 20 when obviously nobody's there when we kind of got back started up at Fenway. And I made it my walk-up song that uh you know that inner squad day and mitch was on the other team playing first and i happened to hit a home run which i don't hit many of and my first at bat with it went over the monster and i was singing it to mitch right around first base and then <laughs> just kind of stuck from then on out so um you know then we ran it through 21 and we we clinched the playoffs in dc and and rafi was like hey, hey kevin play that one song you know and then from then on it was you know kind of that's how it turned into boston's anthem and now um you know Schwab's, and Philly's anthem, I guess. So here we are. First of all, if I knew that, I would have absolutely patched in Mitch Moreland to get like his perspective on this. Like, because what he says, <laughs> like that song stinks. Terrible, terrible instincts by Mitch. Like, <laughs> he's a country boy, though. You know, he's a country boy. You know, that's not his vibe. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, but you know, it's not only Callum, you know, so like, I, and, and he responded to your tweet, like, good for him for acknowledging it. But it's not only that, I, sure. like, I'm watching the football game, Kevin. Like, I'm watching the football game, and they're like, a, a football stadium of people are singing your song. So, well, if you, if you want to fast, if you want to rewind, go to 21. We're in the playoffs against the Astros, and there's video of me and Renfro and, and uh, Christian Arroyo at Gillette at a Patriots game, and they're singing and dancing on my own in the whole stadium. So it's just so ironic how it's just it's going on to Philly. So it's like what we did two years ago is now I don't know, taking off. Whatever, I'm over it. You know another thing. This <laughs> is funny. Yeah, no, listen, like again, it's we don't want to belabor it, but yeah. like, I, again, this is this is I want to give you credit where credits due. I appreciate um, that. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm here for. Uh, but you know another thing you did. You know, I feel like the the um, ho- the home run celebration, the card thing, right? And I know, like Veritech, I know that story behind it, like everything. But you were at the precipice of home run celebrations, like you were the godfather of that, almost as well. I feel like, and now it's almost like. Go ahead. No, no, I, I, I wouldn't say I was the godfather of that. I think it just kind of worked out, and then yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but I some really of- thought of that. No, but some of them have you. So when you like were the, did the Rangers even have one? I don't even know. I I don't know. Uh, okay. To be honest I with you, I haven't been watching a whole lot of baseball. Uh, that's that's all right. Good, you're coming in fresh. I like it. Yeah. All right. 
So, uh, all right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna we'll keep pounding the drum for um, you getting a piece of the pie, if nothing else, no. from uh, from Mister Scott. Hey, the, the real one, the real ones, no, and it's okay. The right, real we're gonna, you know, it's making <laughs> Philadelphians happy, and that's what we can do. Let's just let them be. You're you're bringing a smile to people's faces. The the great game of that's baseball right. is a real winner. Um, yeah. So uh, so I want to. Okay, so this morph into congratulations on everything, and I mean it. Like it's it's congratulations on just being a good teammate, could be a good player, uh, continuing your career, and um and and always like you know a, a foundation guy for whatever team you're on. And one of the teams like we talked about was 2021, and we've had on different people talking about what a pitcher that you had on the team, Nathan Avaldi, who obviously, I don't know if people know he's in the world series now. So it's, uh, but he, we had, you know, Brock Holt came on and he's saying like, there's nobody who would want on the biggest stage. We've had a ton of people, but you offer such a unique perspective of like, why, why is this able to happen? Like, why is this, you, you saw it right close up. Like, why is this able to happen where this guy can function like he functions? So I don't know if you could give that perspective or not. Well, I, I uh, his attention to the detail, his preparation, uh, not even the day he pitches, but he'll send me, I mean, I caught him a lot in Boston. He'll send me the notes that he has that morning of their lineup and kind of the way he wants to attack them. Um, but what thing is special about Nate, and not a whole lot of people can do this, but he's got such good command that like before the inning even starts, we're going through the next first three guys that are coming up that inning. And we're going through each and every pitch that we're going to throw to each three first three batters, you know, whether it be a fastball up and in slider splitter off of that, yada, yada. And then we go to the next guy and it's maybe we go cutter, cutter, fastball up and in splitter, you know, but we already have that mapped out for the first three guys. Um, and I'm, I'm sure he's still doing it because that's how Nate is, but, just being able to have that relationship with your catcher and for me to go into it being like, and it doesn't matter if it's a strike or a ball, you stick with the plan. Like it's like one, two, three, you have the first three pitches or four pitches and then it's on to the next. If they get a hit, you're sticking with it. It's not like, you know, you're, you're deviating from the plan, but I think having that preparation and that, you know, his mind is already like, you know, we're both in sync and, you know, with what he's doing now with Jonah and, and a Garver, whoever's catching him, you know, I think just having that, you know, kind of, um, you know, uniqueness to like his preparation and what he wants to do. And he goes out there and just executes. And um, I think him having that kind of game plan going into each and every inning. And if things kind of get long and, you know, more guys get up to bat, then it's, you know, you, you know what he's got and you know what he's got working and you kind of go to work from there or you take a mound visit or whatever the case may be. But I think that's what makes him so good is that he's able to, you know, have that game plan for those first three or four guys of each inning. And it's not not the same, you know, but it could be. It's just he keeps it mixing it up. He's got five pitches he can use. And, you know, I think that's why it's so hard to game plan against him. And that's what makes it so, you know, fun to watch Nate pitch and, and how much success he's he's had. You said the word unique. So of of everybody you've pitched or I've caught, like, is he the most unique in that sense? He's the most unique for sure. Um, I mean, I've been blessed to catch a lot of great guys and um very few, I mean, you go into it, hey, let's start off this guy with a breaking ball, sure. Um, but very few do you actually go into it with, you know, having your next 10 pitches basically already figured out before you're going into the inning. And that's how Nate operates. I don't, I'm sure other guys in the league operate the same way, you know, but it's just about the execution and 
if you're able to execute and you have that belief in your mind going into the inning, you know, you're going to get the results. And if things don't work out or you give up a hit or whatever, it's on to the next. And you already know the game plan kind of going into the, the next hitter, regardless of, you know, if we need to double play ball, hey, let's go to this. Or, hey, this guy's struggling with that. You know, Nate's really good about having a game plan going into the game and each and every inning, which is really unique and something that I learned a lot, um, you know, being around him. And to do it in the postseason too. I mean, this is another conversation that we have about. I love Kevin. Like, I love like the, the, and I keep calling the, the get on my back boys guys. You know, the, the guys who are like, you know, the stage isn't going to be too big for them. You know, that they're going to be able to function. And so, from a catcher's perspective, I'm interested whether maybe it's like even a big moment during the regular season. If you can sense, so you don't have to name names, but if you can sense either a guy, can function in the big moment or can function in the big moment. And if you get the sense that they're having a hard time functioning in the big moment, how you as a catcher it has to have to navigate that, you know, mountain visit, words of wisdom, whatever it is. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it just depends on the guy, right? You know, you know, you know, the personalities of everybody on the mound. Um, if not, you should, you know, so, you know, the guys that you know, kind of be hard on, Guys, you know, kind of need a pat on the back. You know, guys, you need to just take their focus completely off of what pitch they want to throw. You know, change the subject completely. But I think it's just having a feel for what guys need to kind of kick in the rear and which guys need to be like, hey, you're doing great. Yada, yada. Um, you know, kind of positive reinforcement in that way. But it's just kind of feeling the situation. Have they been in that moment before? Um, is it a new moment for them? Is it a new moment for me? Do I need to slow down? Do I need to go out there? You know, so it's kind of have, having the whole um, thing kind of come together as one and i'm just having that feel can you hear me with the yeah 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 it's all good is it bad? Yeah, you, okay no you, you got, got some, solid technology long hair. yeah it's good some long hair uh, going on i'm gonna make sure you can still well listen if, yeah, if you're gonna play on that kind of thing about. if you're gonna play on that golf course you better have long care i mean you, this, that looks like a nice <laughs> it's place been, it's been closed down for a month so they better get this thing off uh, the show. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> no no for it in, in the meantime we we're doing podcasts on the terrace um Sure. So, uh, yeah, so it's that's an, it's always Kevin, like, it's always an interesting because I watch these games and, and like Nate is the perfect example of this of like just being able to function right. Um, and and for the most part, I think guys do, but I see some guys who can't. Like it just it is what it is. It's not their fault, you know. It's personalities. It's maybe they haven't been in that situation, um, and maybe it's not even. I mean, you could probably even see it not even pitchers to everybody. Either people can handle it or they can't, right? Yeah, no, I mean it's uh, it's a nervous energy, but it's an excite exciting energy. It's kind of hard to explain, you know. It's like everybody believes in themselves and trusts themselves, but you've got to have that, um, you know, don't give a fuck attitude when when you go out there. You can't be like, oh, if I if I mess this up or if I throw this ball away, you're playing timid, and you know, in October you're not going to be able to. You know, played some, and you can't do that in general in big leagues, period, or else you'll find your way out, you know? So it's just um, having that quiet confidence. But if you don't have that nervous energy going into a big playoff game, then something's wrong with you, too. You know, it's something about that that, you know, tries to, you know, brings focus to you and, and uh, gets you locked in. And that's what – I mean, I haven't played in a ton. I've been a, I've been on playoff rosters, but really until 21, that's the first postseason game I played in was that wild card game against the Yankees. So, like, oh, I was man. nervous as shit. You know, I was, I was, I didn't eat for two days and, um, I was excited, but I was nervous. I was like, what the, what the fuck? You know, like what I never, I didn't know how to handle it, but I had 
I trusted what I did to get there. I trusted the process. I trusted the work that I did and, you know, the scouting report we had going into it. But at the same time, it's like, I didn't dream of Boston and Yankees at Fenway being my first playoff game in my life, but it happened and it was awesome. It worked out, but I mean, that's just a whole nother, you know, I was nervous as shit, um, you know, but I was confident. I, I, I mean, I was confident, but it was, you know, those nerves were real. And I think if you're not nervous or don't have those, those uh, feelings going into a game like that, and whether you're myself or Aaron judge, you know, or, or Nathan Evaldi, then, you know, there, there's something wrong, you know? And I think that that's an awesome, uh, that's why we play the game. You know, it's why we play the game because of those opportunities that we got, we all get. By the way, we can talk about the, the Citizens Bank Park crowd. Kevin, like, that was the best crowd I've ever seen. Ever. Ever. Like, I've seen Fenway crowds. I've seen playoff crowds. That one game, I've said it a million times. Like, if anyone had the right to be nervous at all, it's like, holy crap. Like, that crowd. Because it was... Obviously, one game playoff, Yankees, Red Sox, everything about it. And I know I'm stating the obvious, but I don't care. Every time that comes up, I'm like, best yeah. crowd ever. Best crowd ever. And that was a lot of fun. I get I get chills just you saying it because you got walking out to the bullpen with Nate warming up and they play Eminem. Like, you got one one shot. What's the name of that song? You <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm like, yeah. And, it, and, the, and the music was like, they don't have the music that loud there ever. And that game was like. They were toning everything out, and they were blasting the speakers, and I'm like, "Oh shit, here we go! <laughs> Let's go!" It was, Let's it was, go. Yeah, it was and then and the Bogarts awesome. hits a home run, and you have I love the images because that whole that whole season, Kevin. Like, and we talked. I don't know if people care about this, but the demographic of the crowd has dropped because they they had sold tickets for cheaper. So all of a sudden, you were getting younger people, and like, and and so it carried over to that game. And you have the image after Bogarts hits the home run of the kid pouring beer on his face. And <laughs> it was just, just amazing. Yeah. Um, so speaking of playoffs, speaking of foundation, you were with the Rangers for a brief time last year. Now, we talk about sort of the like what it feels like to be on a playoff team when you feel like you have the playoff roster. Uh, but that was that was a team and you, you could offer a better perspective of it that they were trying to grow into themselves. or were trying to, there's a reason why they wanted you there. And I don't know if you, if they, if you felt that, if they talked to you about it, if you said, Hey, we have these guys coming up and we feel like we're almost there, but you know, if you could help us steer in the right direction, I don't know, maybe I'm saying something that's not true, but what's your perspective of that from last year? Um, You know, to be honest, I don't, I don't know a whole lot. I, w- I mean, I know it was there to, you know, uh, one of the guys went down, Garver was hurt. Um, and, um, yeah, everything happened with Boston. And I was just, I was thinking I was going to go home. Um, but it was the last three weeks of the season too. So I, 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 I was getting to know the guys when the season ended, you know? So I, I wasn't like, I'm not going to go in there and just be like this, uh, act like I know everybody and, you know, that type of person. That's just not me. Like I like to build relationships and then you kind of get into like the, you know, then you're able to have those deeper conversations or, you know, whatever. But I got to know those guys really well by the end of it. You look at the roster and the talent on it, obviously is a joke from, you know, top to bottom. And, um, you know, Josh Young coming into his own last year and then even more so this year. Um, a lot of other guys, but I mean, Garver was healthy. Jonah had a good year. Um, I think was tired by the end of it. Obviously, came back this year and and uh has been doing awesome and so 
the the talent and the the guys in the locker room was a really really good group of guys. And again, I was there for the last three weeks of a of a losing season, so everybody was just you know you know when you're not in it, it's just you're right you're ready to go home, you know, ready to finish strong and get into the off season and regroup and get ready for next year. But you know, those guys in that locker room are a great group, and and um, you know, as far as my role there, the three weeks there, I don't know what they were, were wanting from me or whatnot, but um, I enjoyed my time there, and um, you know, I'm happy for for those guys for you know, getting to the World Series and, and hopefully, uh, you know, able to get four more wins for them and for their sake and just being able to get to know them and the front office and the coaches and, and uh, with Will Venable over there now and with Evo there, DeGrom there, um, with him hurt. But they got a really good group of guys, and I, I'm, re- I'm really happy for them. Was there anybody in your three weeks, like you said, you, you it wasn't a long time, but as you go, you sort of get to know guys. Was there anyone you jumped out and said, oh, that guy's better than I thought he was? Um. Uh, Garcia, Elias Garcia, Garcia was just like, I mean, I knew he was good, right? But I don't, I didn't see a whole lot of him over the years. And then just some of these homers just hitting. Um, Nathaniel Lowe, you know, awesome, awesome dude. Uh, but you know, you saw the year he's having, but you just don't see it all all the time. I mean, it's fun to watch. Um, you know, the work ethic of uh, of Simeon um, Seeger's amazing. I mean, it's, I, I can say good things about all of them, honestly. So to pick out one person, uh, but Garcia was amazing and you see what he's doing in the postseason. I mean, you don't want to piss him off. Otherwise he's going to, he's, he's got that chip on his shoulder that he doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't need. He's already, he's already got it. So, um, you know, all those guys, man, they all work hard and, and I'm happy for, I'm happy for them to, you know, see, see everything kind of uh, come to fruition. And listen, I mean, like anyone who runs backwards in a home run trot, you know, it's feeling pretty good about themselves. I, I don't know if you've ever run backwards on a home run trot, but it's like, like I don't hit enough homers. If I do, if I, if I run a backwards on a home run trot, man, it's uh, something's something's going really wrong because I don't hit enough of those to be pimping them like that. But you can. You, you you do you get a ring? You were with them for like a second, like this year, right? In AAA, I was, but not not the big leagues. Nope. Uh, come so, on, let's go. Uh, no, nope. you deserve uh, a ring. <laughs> I'll talk to uh, some people. I'll talk to some people. <laughs> the uh, and so when to go back to when you caught that game, when you caught in the postseason, um, it, I find this like scouting reports thing. It's like in the postseason, it's it seems like it can be it might be overkill, but then you hear how they picked apart hitters, right? How do you pick? Like I don't know from your perspective, what was that like? Is there you you pay attention to detail in the regular season? I get that. But I could give you tons of examples I've seen postseason of them just pounding his own, pounding his own, pounding his own. Like, uh, you know, they're throwing breaking balls away to Young, like, all the time now. Boom, 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 boom. Go ahead and hit it. Try to hit it. So, I don't know from your – as a catcher's perspective, did it feel like the scouting report was, like, micromanaged to a tenth degree or no? There's definitely a more attention to detail. Um Every game's magnified that much more, but at the same time, you got to be willing to adjust, and you got to be able to adjust fast too. Like if they're swinging early and they're very aggressive, like with Evo, at least my time in Boston, I haven't, you know, I'm not going to speak for what they're got going now, but you know, when we played certain games, team would because Nate throws a lot of strikes, they're strikes, so they would be aggressive on them. But if if they we notice they're being aggressive, then we'd have to change course and kind of use some other other you know, pitches early and, and kind of pitch backwards. You know, vice versa. If they're a little patient, you know, it's just you kind of play that game. But if you find that a team's coming out swinging, you've got to make that adjustment. And um, you know, it's just that it goes with the scouting report, but it also goes with just the feel of the game. You know, the scouting report is 
yeah, you can throw fastballs up and up and in, down and away the whole time if you want. But uh, uh, one second, voicemail. I don't know. I'll just let it go. Can you see me still or no? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. Sorry, somebody's calling me. Um, so yeah, so you gotta, you just gotta have the feel for um, the game, the flow of the game, what you have to. You know, you you've got to be able to adjust, but at the end of the day, I'm I'm I like scouting reports. I think it's more of a suggestion than it is like um, taking into the game. I think it's good to have a suggestion and an idea of what you should be, you know, how you should be attacking the other team. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, you've got to be able to read swings and read kind of what your pitcher has worked in that day versus what the scouting report says. So I think those in-game, um, you know, things you need to be able to notice, you know, trump the scouting report scouting report is you know you can't tell you like oh just throw four sliders down away and you'll get them out because it's false but not right. every pitcher can spot that and then pitchers and the hitters make adjustments as well so you've got to be able to go with the scouting report but also in game and make adjustments on the fly based on what the hitter's telling you what your pitcher's telling you see let's see that's the type of shit that i i would have you know i'm fascinated by i love like the like the use of scouting reports and and how they're implemented especially in the postseason so i, I should know this were you catching in the the last Diaz non-call of the Evaldi in, against Houston? No, because that was that was the last game. That's that's the game they won, right? And then uh, that they was won at Fenway. Christian, that's when that's when he came out of the bullpen. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You know, Christian was catching. Okay. Christian was catching. All right. I just want to get your perspective. Yeah. Like, like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, why was that? Yeah. <laughs> like, why was that? Yeah. Yeah. You said it. You said it. I don't understand. Uh, yeah. So, whatever. Uh, I had yeah. Jim Joyce on. You're the old umpire, you know, so yeah. who you may know from the Geico commercials now with Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, <laughs> I, just, I just saw that yesterday. Yeah. 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 He's a great guy. He's, it's a lot of fun, uh, talking with him. But he, he talks about it because I wanted the umpire's perspective of the post. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Season, There's a lot of pressure on these guys, right? And when you... So he said sort of like the what you see on TV, you know, the the strike zone isn't true. Isn't like he's like, it's not really ac- close to accurate. When you watch this, when you're watching that, when you from from sort of a catcher slash umpire perspective, like do you, and everyone gets all worked up over calls. Can you tell the difference? You can tell the difference on the bad, bad calls. You know, I don't know how accurate that box is at all. Yeah. I mean, I can speak for myself being in AAA all year this year and having the automatic balls oh, and strikes right. like called with the invisible box is a fucking joke. It's a damn joke. If you want me to be like Frank. Yeah. Because the zone changes based on the stadium you're in. Granted, you're in AAA ballparks, but at the same time, these balls and they show you on the this jumbo, the screen, the jumbotron where this ball is nicking. So like it just nicks the bottom like oh, I barely grazes it it's a strike you know if it's off it's a ball it's just it's it's stupid it's really stupid um so i don't know how accurate it really is and catching wise there's some of these balls i'm catching and it's like ball and you look up on the screen and it's 
it's never been called a ball in my, in my life. You know, it's just, it's just that part of it. Yeah. I get the hitters and the fans want the balls to be balls, strikes to be strikes, just like everybody else. So I guess the long story short is I don't know how accurate it is. And yeah. I think it'll really frustrate both sides of the ball when eventually Manfred will probably implement it in the MLB because he will. And I don't know. I like the challenge system. I think the challenge system worked best in yeah. AAA because you could, oh, that ball's off or in, and you get three to a three to a um, three to a team for the game, offense and defense. And then from there, if you lose your challenges, the umpires still call calling balls and strikes. You had your chance to, you know, kind of call, get your calls switched if you wanted, and that way you're just there's a little bit of a strategy to it too. Um, so. I don't know. I don't know if the box is accurate. I can say catching wise, using it this year when it's automated, it was not accurate because I'd even have umpires be like, "Man, I call that a strike all the all the time." I go, yeah. I, I, I would too." You know, so um, that's how I feel about it. I don't know. I think and do they they changed it. it at the end of the year? They changed it too. Like I heard that. Like they changed like the actual measure. Like the whatever. What, what was a strike? I mean, they so they kept changing it. And yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's, it, well, it's like a backup slider first, like a pitcher, righty throws a backup slider and I catch it, you know, like, like that, but it nicks the box. It's a, it's a strike, you know, yeah. it's never getting called. So it's that part of it too. It's just like, it's, I don't know. It's changed a lot, man. It's changed a lot. And um, yeah, go figure. Doesn't matter. Does, not our careers or anything. You know, it's not like our, our numbers matter or anything like that going into each day or year or so. I know. Fuck it. I, just simulate the whole thing. You know, we're getting close on, to it. Put put it on put it on the bumper stickers. Fuck it, let's simulate, simulate the whole it. thing. Just just simulate it. That's what they're doing anyways. Um all right, man. So I appreciate the time. One last thing I want to catch up on what you're doing, what your plan is, how you felt about everything coming off the season, you know, what your your whole deal. Uh what do you got going on? What do you hope's gonna be going on? Yeah, no, I I mean this past year um was just a was a weird year. It's been a went four teams in six months with the you know, spring training with the Pirates, and then going over to the Nationals AAA, and then coming home, and then going to Padres AAA, and then getting traded in Texas for a few weeks, and then um, you know things just didn't work out there. And I was um, I was ready to just kind of be with my family, come home, and and uh, you know when it came home uh, August fifteenth or so, and my kids needed me, my my wife needed me, and. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to this next year. It's been a nice reset for me and the kids and my wife. And get ready for next year, see what happens. And, uh, you know, just one foot in front of the other. And, and uh, you know, I'm really looking forward to it, and wherever, wherever that may be. And, and uh, you know, give it my best. And we'll keep pushing, see what happens. Well, you're good at a lot of things, including this. So, you, you... <laughs> I thought about doing a podcast, so we didn't take a poll if I should do one or not. Well, I've been talking I'll t- about trying to here you get go. one going. So. Here, here you go. I, I'm going to give you this is this is a formal offer, right? This is like a contract. I will, uh, if you want to do a podcast, I will, under the baseball is a boring umbrella, I will do whatever in my power to make that happen, to give you all the support that you ever wanted. We have social okay. media, Kevin. We have We have it all. So I want to Appreciate offer that up. You you don't have to give me an answer now, but I I'm going to lure you in with t-shirts and hats. So it sounds good. <laughs> sounds like a plan. Yeah. All right, man. Absolutely. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story and one of the best 
stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team.